0: If you've got a Bible, go ahead and grab it. We're going to jump right into God's Word. I want to take a few moments to teach you a few things and then try to inspire you. I want to teach you a few things and then I want to try to inspire you to live out this life that God has given us. If you don't have your Bible with you, I want to encourage you to grab a a smart device and take some notes today. Uh, All the verses that I'm going to share with you will be on screen at every location. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and 17 says, When someone becomes a Christian, everybody say Christian. When someone becomes a tradition, no, that's not what he said. When someone becomes religious, that's not what he said. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. I love this because I love new stuff. Anybody here love new? Come on. I love new car smell, although it's only happened once in my life. How many of y'all love new-to-you car smell? Come on, right? You're not the first one to ride in it, but you, you've got the spray, you've got the, the scent, you've got the smell. When I was a kid, I'm one of six children, same mom and dad, pastors, three boys, three girls. Uh, when it was time to buy shoes for us, as you can imagine, uh, we were a single-income family, didn't have a lot, and so we were always waiting for Payless shoe store to have a sale. Anybody remember Payless. They, they called it pay less because you pay less, right? That's, that's what it was. And so whenever we would go there, it was like, it was the best. And, and listen, it was amazing. And, and God forbid they were having a BOGO. Come on now. When I was a kid, we were six of us putting on shoes, running around because you run faster. You jump higher. You can fly like Superman with your new tennis shoes, right? I love new stuff. And God is into new. You know that. You know that. Every second of your life is brand new. Every minute is brand new. Every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year of your life is brand new. You don't have to live any of the other ones again. Now, I know some of us, as we get a little bit older, we like to live in the glory days. But today, I want you to know the glory days are now, and they're in the future. Amen, everybody. We've got to keep our eyes set on what God wants to do that is new because God is not offering a plan where we try harder. God's not offering a plan where we limp our way into heaven. God is not offering a, a, you know, a, a, a renovated you. He didn't say, I'm going to renovate you. He said, I will redeem you and I will make all things new. That's what he's going to do. And, and the way that God does this in our lives, he does it by his grace. Grace is such an interesting word because I want the new life. How about you? I, there are some moments I don't want you to know about in my past. Anybody here have a past you really don't want anybody to know about? Come on, we all have those moments where we don't want them rehearsed on a big screen and we don't want to say it in a microphone. I, I want the new life that God is offering and the way that he does it is by his grace. Everybody say grace with me. When you look at the Apostle Paul's life, he was a tremendous leader. He was a tremendous leader that impacted the whole known world. He was about 50 years of age when he gave his life to Christ, history tells us. And so think about it, at 50, he is just beginning his journey in following Jesus. And he was so impacted by God that he decided to look at the map of his whole known world. So if you pulled up a map and said, this is the only place we know people are living and exist. And he decided that he would plant a church in his whole known world. Talk about getting fired up at 50. Now, I I need not bring this to your attention, but I need you to understand that back in their day around that age, you weren't going to be living much longer. We're living longer now than ever before. Probably the first time we'll see five, six generations alive at a, at a time. Pretty amazing. Paul looked at his life and said, I need to do something with my life. And he created a map and said, I'm going to plant a church in every place in the world that I know needs Jesus. But I want you to, to check out what he gave and how he gave credit to God. 1 Corinthians 15 and 10, he says, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Come on, a little humble brag right there in the middle of scripture, right? You know I worked harder than (laughs) y'all. Yet it was not I, but it was God. I love that. It's like that. That's kind of like I shouldn't have said it. Now I need to make it right. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his, come on, shout out me, by his grace. God was doing it by his grace. Today, I want to talk to you about a brand new grace that is available for your life. Uh, a grace that makes you brand new. And grace is such an interesting word. Because as you study in scripture, it kind of has a dual definition, It has a very clear one, and then it has a secondary definition that really speaks to our lives. And this is where I want to teach you just for a moment. I want to encourage you to write some things down, because truly spiritual people write down what the pastor says in church, all right? I just want want you to know, be a note taker, be a note taker. Grace, let's define it real quick, it'll be on screen. Grace is the word charis in the original language of the New Testament. It's Greek. Grace is God's gift of unmerited favor for salvation, When God sent Jesus, he was giving us grace. It was his gift of unmerited favor. You didn't do anything to deserve it, can't do anything to deserve it. God just looked at you and said, I'm going to save you because I want to. Come on, let that sink in just for a moment. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you should have this verse memorized. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done so none of us can boast about it you cannot stack up enough good works to get into heaven there's one way in his name is Jesus amen everybody listen if you're on the fence about him I understand this is a safe place to ask questions to learn but I want you to know today that I believe with all of my heart with all of my soul with all my mind with all of my strength that Jesus is the son of God and the savior of the world Now, if you need to unpack that, this is a great place to look at the history and the science, what the Bible says, and really lean in and learn. Don't believe just because I said, do the hard work of learning about God because salvation is available and God is not counting your sins against you today. Should be a better amen. I don't know about you. I still got some that I don't want counted. Let me say it to you this way. You don't have to get right to get to God. You get to God so that you can get it right. And if you get it the other way around, you're going to be working harder, harder, and harder than God ever intended you to work. So grace is God's gift of unmerited favor for salvation. I want you to know that. Secondly, the second definition, grace, is a gift of divine ability. It's the word charisma. Charisma. We even use it in our modern English language. You say, well, that person's got a lot of charisma. That's stolen right out of the Greek language that we use it to describe how a person impacts other people. Grace is not only God's gift of unmerited favor for salvation. Grace is a gift of divine ability. Everybody say divine ability. Do you realize that you've been divinely enabled by God to do some things? That his grace towards you wasn't just to save you. He saved you and gave you a divine ability. He saved you so that you could do some things that would draw attention to God's divine nature, divine, his character. That He placed some things inside of you that would point to Jesus. Let me read it to you. Come on, get ready for some verses. Here we go. Romans chapter 12. I want to show it to you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different charisma, different gifts, according to the charis, the grace given to each of us. God has given you grace. He's also giving you charisma. One of the verse, 1 Corinthians 12 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, aren't you glad? But it is the same God who does the work in all of us, And a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So God has extended grace to you and God has given you a grace gift. God has extended grace to you. It's unmerited. We're unworthy. We don't deserve. He just extended it to you because he wants to. He's God. He loves you. He wants to save you, but he doesn't want to leave you there. He's, not, he's also extended a grace over your life. So I'd say it this way. You have a charis charisma. You have a grace Gift. I want you to say this with me. I have a grace gift. Come on all together. I have a grace gift. So there is something that God has when he extended grace to you that he is now planted in you that when people see it, they're like, oh, my gosh, look at her gift. Look at his gifts. Think about the worship team up here. Anybody enjoyed worship today? Come on. Can we celebrate the, the team that shows up hours before you do? Come on, sings on key, praise God. <laughs> Plays on key, that's even better. I lo- Listen, I love me some worship team. I've always been an aspiring worship leader. Tried it for a while, they won't let me. I may not have the gift, we'll see. First Corinthians 14, lots of scripture here in the beginning. First Corinthians 1, I'm sorry. Lots of scripture because I'm trying to teach you something that this isn't my good idea. This is God's gift of grace to you. I always thank my God for you because of his grace, his charis, given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift, any charisma, as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. So he's simply saying, because God extended his grace, you don't have, you don't lack anything to do, accomplish what God has called you to accomplish with your life. He's already placed the grace inside of you to do what you dream about doing. So many of us think that coming to Christ is just what I call getting fire insurance and making sure that I I signed on the dotted line so that I can, I can crawl my way into heaven. I don't want to crawl my way in. Come on. I want to run in with a following of those who love Jesus from Gulfport, from Long Beach, from Wiggins, right? I want to, I want to be one of those ocean springs where you're at, right? I want to, I want to make sure that someone is being impacted by my life. See, your grace gift is your gift to the world, just like Jesus. See, Jesus had a grace gift. His gift was to be the Savior of the world. Aren't you glad you didn't have his job? Aren't you glad that, that, listen, yes, there is some suffering, but praise God, none of us have had to go to a cross to do what God has called us to do. I know there are challenges in your life. You have a grace gift. Your grace gift, if you allow it, write it down with me. Your Grace gift makes things easier for you. I, I didn't say it makes everything easy. It just makes it easier to you. When I was growing up, my, my first job was, um, was working on a horse farm because I wanted a horse. Anybody like horses in that place, right? A few Oh yeah, more, more than in New Orleans, can I tell you that? You may not believe it, being born and raised right outside of New Orleans. When I was a kid, where I grew up was considered the country. I grew up riding horses, kind of a country boy turned city boy. I'm, I'm a mix of a little bit of everything. And uh, I, I grew up just kind of hanging out there and, and, and working on the horse farm. And then it was quickly, in order to afford a horse, I had to earn some money. Young people, y'all listening in the room, when you want something, sometimes you have to earn it, right? Right? My dad said, there are six of you. If you want a horse, you're going to have to make some money, son. That's what you're going to have to do. And so I started my my lawn care business. Had a bicycle, a gas can, and a push lawnmower. I'm talking old school push lawnmower. If you wanted self-propelled, you self-propelled it. When you're in your grace gift, you don't just have a push lawnmower. There's something there. There's a motor that's working along with you because you've been graced to do something that other people may not have been graced to do. See, God's grace wasn't just to save you. God's grace was placed inside of your life to gift you, to impact the world. See, I I like when you actually develop your grace and it goes from just self-propelled. Come on, anybody want a riding lawnmower for Jesus, right? Right? (laughs) <laughs> I, liked, I like when there's so much momentum, I just get on there and ride, right? That's what my dad does these days. Romans 12 describes it this way. He says, if your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. Wait, what? Like, if that's my gift, I can, just, I, I, I can do it? Well, yeah, there's some developing, I'm sure, but he says, if you have the gift, you can do it in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. Paul basically says, if you have the gift, I believe you can live it out. You can can live it out in your everyday life. You don't need someone to come along and say, uh, you know, let's just see what you have. No, no, it's already in you. And you just have to allow the grace of God that's in you to be poured out into this city, into your neighborhood, into your house. If you don't have the gift of prophecy, the idea of prophesying is kind of scary, don't you think? I grew up old school where prophets were like really scary kind of people. You remember John the Baptist? The Bible says that he wore goat hair and a weird belt and he ate locusts, okay? Okay. When I was a kid, my dad used to say, Josh, you're going to be a prophet to the nations. And I was like, I'm not eating locusts. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. Count me out. But you know that a prophet is someone who just speaks the unadulterated truth of God's word. They're holding to the line. And there is a prophetic voice in this church. I'm not talking about trying to tell the future. Unless you want to say, hey, if you commit adultery, it's going to destroy your marriage. Yeah, that's telling the future, right? But you know what? It's also telling the truth. And there is a prophetic voice on this church for this state, for this region to speak the truth of God. And he said, you've been graced with something. What are you going to do with your grace? Are you just going to get you in, us for and no more? Or are you going to use your grace gift, the thing you've been graced to do to change the world? Today, I would say to you that so many of us are still living today based upon what happened yesterday. We're still we're not living in our grace. We're living in last week's problem or last year or 10 year, that moment of abuse, that moment of pain, whatever happened. And we've not really allowed ourselves to live in the grace of God that saves us and changes us and the grace of God that empowers us to live it out. If I were frank with you today, that's kind of my story. I'm a preacher's kid who did not like church. Matter of fact, when my father used to say, one day you're going to be a, a preacher, son, I literally cursed in church, y'all. Some of y'all can't believe that. It's okay. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Some of y'all have cursed in church, too. We have a list in the back, by the way. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No list. No list. No list. I said, there's no, and you fill in some blanks there, no way that I'm ever doing this with my life. Y'all see how good I was (laughs) at going the opposite direction. This past March, I celebrated 25 years of preaching the gospel. Pretty amazing, right? (laughs) And since my parents aren't here, I will say it to y'all they were right. Do you realize that standing on a stage like this is one of the top five fears in the world? Some of y'all think it's like icing on a cake. Yeah, it looks like icing on a cake. After you put 15 hours in of reading, studying, preparing, memorizing, and actually having the character to go along with what you're going to say. Sorry, I'm just preaching to the preachers for just a moment right now. Right? <laughs> Just need to kind of help y'all to understand it's not as easy as it looks. You know, on the list of top five fears, uh, dying is less feared than standing on a stage and speaking. That means you would rather be dead than walk up here and do this. That's crazy. You know why? It's not your gift. You don't have the gift. It's like the worship team. If you don't have the gift, you start to sing, people start to run, you don't have the gift. We all have a story of pain. We all have a story of suffering. We all have a story of how it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. Welcome to humanity. For whatever reason, this season, as Pastor Rick Warren says, that our lives are a test, a trust, and a temporary assignment. For however many years God has you here, It's a test on what you will see in him and whether you will follow him. It's a trust based upon your grace gift that God has placed in your life. And it is a temporary assignment. Amen, everybody. Because in light of eternity, it's that quick. In light of eternity, your moment is that quick. What will you do with your grace and your grace gift while you're here? When you stand before God, he's going to say, come on, you can get in, Billy. I mean, you just made it in, Billy. Or is he going to say, Billy, look what you have done. Look how you poured out. Look how you sacrificed. Look how you served. Look how you discovered what was inside of you and you poured it out into the world. See, I plan on being that second Billy. How about you? I plan on being the one that God says, God says, well done, good and faithful servants. I plan on being one. You know, the Bible says that there there are going to be two judgments of God. One is the first judgment about whether you get in. The second is a reward based upon how you lived while you were here. See, God is offering you a brand new start because of his grace gift to us. But I don't know about you, I'm not, not leaving my gift on the shelf because of my past. He didn't leave his gift on the shelf. He carried himself to the cross and laid down his life for us. That was his grace gift to you and I so that our past would not determine our future. What will you do with your grace gift? Today, I'd like to suggest to you a couple of action steps to take Because I don't want to just sufficiently inspire you or teach you. I want you to walk out and say, I can do that. Take some notes with me. Here's the first thing. What should we do? The first thing I would say is you need to build up your confidence in God's grace. Build up your confidence in the grace that Jesus gave you. See, Jesus has given you a gift. Have you accepted his gift of salvation? He's not here to take it back If you're hearing this message online or one of the other campuses, if you're in this room today, his grace is still being extended to you. You've not messed up so much that he doesn't want you. He's not pushing you to the side or throwing you out. No, no, no. I want you to build up your confidence in God's grace. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Living insecure because of your past will keep you from God's best today. And salvation insecurity will rob you of really using your gift. Today, you need to build up your confidence that you're saved by grace. You were never going to be perfect enough to be saved by God. So quit trying trying to work your way in, just be be confident in the one who paid your way in. Today, by by show of hands, if I said today that I'm going to pay off all of your credit card debt, your house debt, your car debt, anybody want me to do that for you? Come on, raise your hand, raise your hand. The rest of you just lied right there, okay? (laughs) Or you've already paid off yours and you ought to be doing this right now. If I said I was willing to pay off all of it right now, you'd be like, count me in. And when I did, come on, you'd be doing, you'd be shimmying, you'd be shaking, you'd be praising God. Like you never praised God before. Some of y'all are like, won't even lift a hand in church. You're like kind of half massing it. And I said, I paid off your credit card. You'd be doing, come on, the Holy Ghost bunny hop we used to call that. I'm not going to do it for you. You don't want to see me dance, all right? You'd be excited, but can I tell you that in light of eternity, your current debt load means nothing? It is important for stewardship here, different teaching, different day. He paid for all of humanity's past, present, and future sin. Just sit on that, just for a moment. He paid for your shame. He paid for your guilt. He paid for your mistakes and their mistakes when they harmed you. Titus 3 says it this way, because of his grace, he made us right in the sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Take a deep breath with me. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, be confident that your future is secure. Don't be so afraid that you won't press in to what he's calling you to do. Second thing I would tell you to do is to stay full of grace for others. I don't know about you. Have you noticed that there are a lot of stupid people in the world? (laughs) I told you I'm from New Orleans. We teach our kids, don't say people are stupid. Children, young people in the room, don't use that language. But some people are acting Pretty foolish these days. The second thing I want you to do is, once you've received this grace, I want you to kind of stay full of grace yourself because you're going to need it in the future. You have to fill up every day. You need constant grace as you go to work, as you go to school, especially as you go to the sports field. This morning when I woke up, my hotel, was the, the, the breakfast area was filled with people going to some sort of sporting cheer event. It was way too many people. They ought to be going to church. Can I get an amen, right? <laughs> good job. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, good job. Good job. Come on. I love sports, but Jesus is more important. Can I get a better amen? Yes. I looked at my child and said, listen, you got a, you got less than a third of a percent chance that you're going to do this for a living. Some of y'all need to hear this. You're living vicariously through your child. Listen, you didn't make it, so they're not g- likely not going to make it. How do I know that? If you didn't have the gift, they may not have the gift. (laughs) Colossians 4, 5. I got to keep on moving. Here we go. Don't stay there. Colossians says, be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Full of grace. When I was 18 years old, I was uh, driving a little too aggressively and uh, in, in, South Louisiana got pulled over by a police officer. And can I just tell you that there was no grace in this police officer's mouth, right? There was no grace, right? When I say I rolled down my window and I, I, I accidentally, accidentally, <laughs> I ran a red light. I didn't accidentally do it. I just said, I'll make it. And I didn't make it. What are you, boy, what are you doing running my red light on my street? When I say that he was angry at me, I rolled down my window. He was inside my window. His face was almost touching my face. You ever been in one of those moments where you're watching what's happening, and your brain is running like all the things you want to say and all the things you want to do, right? I want to say, write me your ticket or scream at me, but don't do both. I want you to know that I didn't say any of that. I was just thinking, man, what what would it have been like if his mouth could have been full of grace? I'm glad glad that there was a grace in me not to do something even more stupid than I did for the first time. Today, I, I just need you to know that as long as we are here, there are still going to be people who do things that need your grace. The same way that I needed God's grace, they need your grace. And this is a, this is this is like preaching to the pastor right now because my mouth, I need grace. I, I need sometimes I, I can get fired up and I, I want to fix that, And especially when I'm in the left lane. Anybody here? Anybody here drive fast in the left lane? Thank you, Miss Jan, for being honest with me today. You, I feel so affirmed right now when you waved your hand at me like we, we could be friends. I'm talking to people in the left lane that are driving slow. It's one of my it's one of my vision statements in life to help all of you who don't understand what the left hand lane is for. (laughs) I like this church. Y'all are nice. One of my friends says people who drive in the left hand lane they they have they have ticket money is what they say. They have ticket money. (laughs) I want you to build up your confidence in grace. And then I want you to stay full of grace for others because once you build up your confidence, God is going to use you to be a billboard of grace to other people. And so don't be insecure about God saving you. He saved you for a reason. He wanted you. He picked you. You were not the one goose out of the duck, duck, goose game. No, no. You were the one he wanted. He extended grace to you. And if you were the only one, he would have saved you all the way in the back. He would have saved you. He would have gone to the cross for you. He would have loved you. Why? Because you're important to him. Stay full. Stay full. Build up your confidence. But then once that confidence is there, don't hold on to it for yourself. Let it get in your words. Let it get in your actions. Let it come out in every encounter with people. When when you're in the Starbucks line and everybody is angry, you be the one. It's like, it's all right. It's okay. It's just coffee. Can I give you two more and we're going to wrap up? Number three, if you don't know what your gift is, I want you to discover your grace gift. This is why we have next steps here at the church. We try to make it as simple as possible for you to discover what God has placed inside of you. We don't want to volunteer you into something that you hate doing. Time I had a woman in our church that every time I tried to talk to her, she was running the other direction. I said, well, why are you running away from me? She said, because, uh, all right, pastor, I'll, 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 I'll serve in kids' church. And I was like, do you like kids? She said, well, I barely like my own. We don't want you anywhere near our kids. (laughs) You have to discover your gift. What is your gift to the world? What is your gift that when you start it self-propelled, that people are like, wow, when they do that, it changes the world. You have a gift that God wants you to bring to bear in the world. You have to discover it. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship. The word workmanship means handcrafted, custom designed. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. The word works in the original language is any type of entrepreneurial act, any type of idea, discipline. You you can sing, you can worship, you can build a business, you can create environments. God has given you an entrepreneurial gift, a spirit that impacts the world. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them what does he want you to do? He wants you to discover and put one foot in front of the other. Discover, develop, put one foot in front of the other. You're already here. Anybody got any grace for this, Pastor? I see red on the clock. I'm just kidding. I'm right, I'm right on time. Here we go. Number four. I want you to build up your confidence, stay full, discover, discover, discover. And then once you discover, start walking in your grace gift. 1 Timothy 4 says, do not neglect your gift. What? Whose gift? Don't neglect your gift. Today, I want you to know I'm not neglecting mine. Pastor Jordan's not neglecting his and the worship team, and the kids team, and the parking team, and the production team, come on, and the building team, and the, 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 the team that gives to pay, right, for the buildings that we're building. We're not neglecting our gifts. We're bringing it. Do not neglect your gift, which is given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. He goes on in 2 Timothy 1, 6, and he says, for this reason, I remind you, come on, somebody, fan in the flame. Come on, fan in the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands, I'm I'm still going to mentors and saying, lay hands on me. Lay hands on me. I want your gift. Lay hands on me. I I want that gift in my life. I want to develop that. I want to discover. And today I would just say to you as we prepare to close that the world is crying out for you to walk in your gift. See, the church isn't an organization. The church is a people. And your people, your church needs you to walk in your grace gift on Sundays, in small groups, and next steps, and in serving. Hey, hospitality is needed. Preaching is needed. Giving is needed. Your gift is needed. You're here sucking air because God has graciously saved you and gifted you to impact the world. And today I just want to know, is there anybody here in Northwood Church, anybody here that would say, I'm going to bring my gift to bear? I'm going to bring my gift into fruition. I'm going to to make sure that I'm not sitting on my gift when I stand before God. No, no, I'm going to pour my gift out into the world and watch what God wouldn't do. So many people are withholding giving and going all in with their church because of the small percentage of bad leaders in the world. I get this all the time. People, when when I hang out with somebody, I try to not tell them I'm a pastor as long as possible. Because as soon as I tell them, one of two things is going to happen. The first thing is the most amusing. They start counting all the times they've cussed in front of me. <laughs> I can see it. They're tallying. Did I, did I say that? Oh, my gosh, did I say that? And I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. You're human. And then the second one is, oh, you're a pastor. Oh. And then I ask them. I just stop right there. I say, oh, Really? And then they say, like, well, all pastors. i like, whoa, 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 before you say all pastors, oh, oh, what do you do? Well, I'm an attorney. I'm like, all attorneys. <laughs> You're a contractor. Well, all the contractors. They're like, and they kind of look at me and say, listen, listen. Don't let the small percentage of bad actors corrupt your idea of all those who are in it faithfully all their lives, serving God, caring, pouring out, using their gifts. They're always going to be the naysayers. And it's so easy today in the blogosphere to kind of just start throwing shade. Listen, listen, listen. Dismiss that stuff. Flush that stuff down the toilet where it belongs. Amen, everybody? Right, right? Flush it. It doesn't belong. The the vast majority of men and women in this room and pastors and leaders I know are doing it because they love God and the grace of God and they want to bring their gift to bear in the world. So today, today as I close, I want to pray for two things. I believe that there are some of you here at one of our locations that you don't have confidence in the grace of God to save you. You're still not sure that when you stand before him, you're gonna hear well done, good and faithful. And today as we prepare, would you bow with me? Come on, every location, bow in prayer. If you're here today and you're far from God and you're unsure, you're, you don't have confidence, pray this prayer with me. Pray this prayer, just, just whisper it. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm giving you my life. And I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. God, would you forgive me for my sin? Would you forgive me for trying to live this life my own way? And God, would you give me the power to follow you all the days of my life? In Jesus' name, just a moment longer at all locations. You just prayed to give your life to Jesus. Have confidence in saving grace. Have confidence in saving grace. If you're here today and you haven't been fully using your gift, I want to pray for you. If you've been sitting on your gift or you're not sure what it is, Heavenly Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, God, that their gift would be known to them. Help them to discover. Help them to stay full. Help them to pour out their gift into the world. And God, I pray that what would be birthed in us in this season would be supernatural, would be life-changing, that the world would be impacted because of your grace extended to us and because the gift you have given us to bring to the world. God, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name, we all shout amen, amen, and amen.